Hey, so um, has anybody ever, ever threatened to sue you? What the heck? Cause that just happened to me yesterday and I don't really think I deserved it. I work for It is a mobile insurance company and we file insurance claims for one of the big carriers that you've heard of. Um, you know, you probably have phone service with them. So I get a call from, you know, a valued customer yesterday and they are saying, I have been without a phone for two days now. And if you guys don't get me this replacement phone by 1 p.m. today, I'm going to sue you. Damn. Sue? Sue me? I'm in Tennessee, first of all. This guy says this phone is for the owner of this newspaper. And the newspaper has 225 million viewers? It's a weird way to describe your newspaper audience. And also newspaper? Whatever. Regardless, I'm checking the availability. I'm looking at his claim, I'm looking at his account, and I'm like, oh, I have fantastic news for you. We can definitely get you this device today, but the earliest availability that we have is between 7 and 9 p.m. tonight, which is typically great news. If you lost your phone or damaged your phone and we can get you a replacement today? Nice. It's typically fantastic news, but not for this gentleman, because he says, filed the claim two days ago. We said we would get it to him that day but the person that was supposed to deliver the, the device, they apparently had a fender bender. How is that my fault, uh, first of all? And also, is that person okay? Now I'm thinking I should probably call our other department and see if you know the person that was supposed to deliver this device, did they die? But this guy doesn't care about that. He says, get me my phone today by 1 p.m. or I'm suing you all for breach of contract. You all guarantee same day or next day delivery for these replacement devices, and you are breaching your contract if you don't get me that phone by 1 p.m. today. And I'm like thinking in my head, I'm, I'm not saying this out loud, but. Okay, we've already breached the contract by your definition. So whether I get you this phone by 1 p.m. or 7 p.m. when I can actually get it to you, like, couldn't you still sue us anyways? But I'm not saying that. I'm just like, hey man, this is the best I can do for you. A lot of people, they call in and um, we're able to get them the phone the same day. That's good news. And he's like, you don't understand. Our newspaper has 225 million viewers and you want us to report on the fact that you guys are breaking your contract? How many customers do you have? I bet a lot of them are viewers of this newspaper. And once they read that you guys, you know, aren't honoring your agreement, they're all gonna cut off their insurance. They're all gonna break contract with the carrier that you guys are providing insurance for. You don't wanna be responsible for that, do you? Um, do I look like I mean, it's not really my fault that somebody got in a car accident while trying to deliver your device yesterday. And frankly, I'm surprised that you're not even like a little bit concerned about that. Frankly, I would like to know who the owner of this newspaper is. Do they know that you're calling in to my job, to me in Tennessee, threatening to sue because he can't have his phone six hours before we're saying he can? Long story short, if, if, if you're wondering how this story ends with this very, very assertive gentleman that's threatening to sue me and my company personally, first of all, he's, he doesn't know my last name. He, he, he doesn't know me from anyone. He, I could walk down the street right past him tomorrow and he would never know. So it's a very strange move when you're trying to ask for help to threaten to sue somebody. But I guess that's just customer service in a nutshell. If you're wondering how it ended, uh, I ended up having to get him to the supervisor. He was one of those people. I talked to the supervisor and the supervisor's looking at his account and she's like, 
Um, it looks like we can get him the phone today. What's the problem? And I was like, he said it's not soon enough. He said if we don't get him the phone by 1 p.m., he's gonna sue us. And she said, sue who? Who? And I said, yeah, <laughs> us? The, the, the whole company? He said we're in breach of contract. And she's like, mm, I have a feeling he didn't actually read the terms and conditions of this insurance agreement. I'm like, probably not. So she takes the call from our very angry Californian that works for this very popular newspaper. And I listen in a little bit to see what's gonna happen. And she says, sir, I have good news for you. We can get you this device today. Uh, we can get it to you as early as this evening. He immediately cuts her off, starts yelling. I said, I want the phone by 1 p.m. or I'm going down to the courthouse and I am suing your company for breach of contract. And you know what she did? She said, sir, I apologize for the inconvenience. I completely understand that you expected to have this phone sooner. And now you're gonna have to wait a little bit longer. But since you're talking about a class action lawsuit, I'm going to have to get you in touch with the office of our CEO. And they, um, it may be three to five minutes uh, for them to get on the line to speak with you. Long story short, it doesn't matter how angry you get. It doesn't matter how loud you yell. It doesn't matter how many viewers there are of your California-based newspaper. We can't magically make experts available to deliver this device to you we're not going to cancel somebody else's appointed time slot because you're threatening to sue a multi-billion dollar company because you can't get your phone at one you have to wait until seven and i don't think whoever this device is for thinks this is the correct course of action okay if you First of all, if this guy apparently runs a newspaper that has 225 million viewers, why doesn't he just buy another phone? Why is he waiting for his insurance to come through? If it's really that serious, if this six hours is like so devastating to the, uh, the essential functions of your business, just buy another phone, wait for us to bring you the replacement at seven, then return that phone, it's it's six it's six hours I, I don't understand I don't get people therapy season three of therapy season three of therapy season three of therapy season three of therapy it's season three hey hello my brother was that my longest intro ever Am I just talking to myself? Okay, well, anyways, uh, next episode, Steve and I are going to dig deep into some, you know, juicy what do you mean by that? news. But before that, I want to share with you all a few small things that didn't make the cut. Uh, just a couple of things I've sent to myself via the Twitter DMs between the Derapy account and my personal one. Uh, things that are funny or interesting enough to mention, but not important enough to really do a whole episode on. Just wanted to let you all know I'm still tapping into what's going on, uh, giving you a little, a little tease. Uh, <laughs> in the next show, we'll dive into the really good stuff. So uh, here we go. So this is one of those things that would only really get your attention if you kind of live on Twitter like I do. So on August 27th, one of the main actresses in the hit show, Euphoria, Sydney Sweeney, she tweeted, You guys, this is wild. An innocent celebration for my mom's milestone 60th birthday has turned into an absurd political statement, which was not the intention. Please stop making assumptions. Much love to everyone, and happy birthday, mom. 
So Sydney Sweeney, uh, the absurd political statement that people are apparently saying that she made is her mom's 60th birthday party. The theme of it was make 60 great again. So even though Sydney Sweeney wasn't wearing any MAGA Donald Trump related apparel, a lot of other people at her mom's 60th birthday party were wearing red hats that say make 60 great again. It's very clearly inspired by, uh, you know, Donald Trump's hit slogan, Make America Great Again. And I guess the heat got turned up so much on Sydney Sweeney between the Instagram comments and people hitting her on Twitter that she felt the need to draw further attention to it by making this public statement saying that it's not a political statement. Just because everybody is at this party um, that is essentially a family reunion and they're all wearing red hats that are clearly referencing Donald Trump and his slogan, just because there are people at this party wearing Blue Lives Matter shirts and hats doesn't mean that we're making a political statement. We're just trying to celebrate my mother. And listen. You Okay, what? Sydney, sweetie, Sweeney, I hear you and I believe you. Maybe you didn't vote for Trump, but uh, it sure as gosh darn heck looks like everybody in your family did. And your biggest mistake, uh, Miss Sweeney, was publicly coming out and even acknowledging it at all. Because truthfully speaking, yeah, everybody is like, oh my God, where was she on January 6th? Oh, I bet Sydney Sweeney is claiming that you guys can all judge me if you want, but I do not care. I have never, ever been to the Capitol. <laughs> but look, man, this is just one of those internet things. If people see a red hat, they're going to flip. That's just like uh, it's textbook Trump derangement syndrome, but you can't acknowledge it. Okay. People see a red hat. They're going to freak out. They're going to assume, oh, MAGA. Oh, January 6th. Oh my God, she's a traitor to the Republic. Uh, democracy's in danger. Ah. So you gotta just keep it pushing, keep it moving. If you're really worried about people taking things the wrong way, then maybe don't post that stuff to begin with. But you know, at the end of the day, you can do whatever you want. And it's not like when Euphoria comes back for season three, they're not gonna hit you up. Like you're not gonna have a job. Who cares what these people think? If you really think it's not a political statement and you're truly just celebrating your mom, then you know there's really no reason to go out on Twitter and tell everybody to calm down because that is not going to make everybody calm down. And before she talked about it, it probably would have just gone away. But when she actually decided to come out, out on the 27th of August and make this statement. Uh, of course, 122,000 likes, 16,000 quote tweets, 5,000 retweets. Like you're making it a big deal by acknowledging it. All you had to do was nothing. Speaking of Republicans, here's a fun headline from Fox News. Oh, brother. Biden blasted for mocking brave Second Amendment defenders. Quote, you need an F-15 to fight America not a gun. So naturally, Joe Biden is basically saying, oh, you Republicans and your Second Amendment rights, you're all about, you know, defending yourself from government tyranny. In the event that the government wanted to come kick down your door, take all your stuff and show you who's boss, we have fighter jets. You have a rifle, which like he's got a point. Joe Biden, like I get it. Like I understand what you're saying. And it's actually a little bit funny. But realistically speaking, it's like not really a cool thing to do. I mean, like I get it because like I'm 26 and I don't have a gun and I don't really care. But it's it doesn't really scream unity 
when you're like, hey, I know some of you find this thing very, very important to you, but realistically it doesn't mean anything because the government could just blow you to smithereens if we really needed to. Like, you know, it doesn't really, it's just not like the most solid look. So you know Republicans, whenever they hear Joe Biden talking about taking an F-15 to your front yard, here's a tweet from a, a Mr. Alex Brusewitz. A year ago, Joe Biden handed F-15s and $85 billion worth of military equipment to the Taliban. Today, Joe Biden threatened to use F-15s against American citizens who believe in, in protecting the Second Amendment. Insanity. And it's like, okay, like I see your point. Yeah, we can't forget the fact that Joe Biden handed over a bunch of military equipment to the Taliban. He sucks for that. That was really bad. But at the same time, to say that Joe Biden actually threatened to use F-15s against American citizens that believe in protecting the Second Amendment, it's a little bit of a stretch. Like any like sound person would be like, I don't think that's exactly what he said. But you know, Republicans going to Republican. What can I say? Another uh, gentleman said, uh, why is Biden saying you'd need an F-15 to overthrow the government when all it took was a guy in a buffalo hat? Damn, son. Okay, that's actually a bar. <laughs> I personally am a huge fan of uh, downplaying January 6th. You what? I'm sorry. This whole like, uh, oh my God, uh, democracy was almost completely destroyed because, you know, a couple guys were kicking their feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk, taking selfies. And I get it. Yeah, somebody showed up with a noose for Mike Pence. That's bad. It's not a good look. Um, you know, some chick got shot in the neck, but she was one of the rioters. Like, to just make it sound like it was this dangerous, deadly insurrection. A coup. It was a coup. Ooh, it was a coup. It's like, yeah, I remember it. Like, it was a really rough day. But, like, looking back on it, like, who died, though? Ashley like, who, like, like, what happened, though? Uh, they went ahead and did the election and certified the results. And then Joe Biden took office exactly when he was supposed to. So like, eh, 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 eh. I get it. Like people, you know, people that are freaking out about like, you know, I don't know, whatever. That's a whole different conversation for another day. Interesting little tidbit there about Joe Biden saying, shut up about the Second Amendment. We have fighter jets, but, you know, not really not really important enough for us to really make a big deal about. So uh, let's see what's next. That was at the uh, end of August, by the way. So the queen is dead. What? No. Um, that happened on September 8th of this year, 2022. It's a pretty monumental thing. I feel like I should say something about it. It should be documented somewhere on the show. I can't just pretend like therapy went on uh, without acknowledging the, the queen's passing. That's something that's like a once in a lifetime thing. I don't really know anything about the queen or what her day to day responsibilities were, but I know it was very sad for the United Kingdom. Um, I do want to acknowledge like one story that I heard about her. I don't know about her entire history of living. I don't know what atrocities she committed before I was born or anything like that. All I know is from what I hear, she's a pretty cool lady. And anybody that can uh, that chooses to hold a job for over 70 years, you know, they, they got my respect. Um, I heard this very interesting story about her that I wanted to verify, and once I did, I wanted to share it with you all, so uh, here it is. So in 1998, the Crown Prince Abdullah of Saudi Arabia came to visit for lunch with the Queen, and uh, our Queen, Elizabeth, after that lunch they had, um, he was invited to tour the 50,000-acre estate she was chilling at, and he was like, okay, okay, cool. cool. So at first, he was hesitant. He was like, I wasn't expecting to go on this tour. I didn't expect to be getting, you know, driven around this big estate today. I thought we were just having a meeting. But then he's like, you know what? Sure. Yeah, let's let, let's do the tour. Whatever. So they like bring the Royal Land Rovers uh, around the front of the castle. And he's told to get in the passenger seat. 
and the person bringing the Land Rover around, they hop out the driver's seat, and the queen just hops in <laughs> and just and just fucking guns it, like Fast and Furious style, just takes off. And what's wild about this is where the prince is from, Saudi Arabia, women aren't allowed to drive at all, like royal or not, like it's, it's literally illegal there at the time. So he's riding shotgun while this 72... Uh, <laughs> He's riding shotgun while this 72-year-old woman, um, our queen, is straight just whipping it around the estate. And the queen actually at the time had military-grade driving experience. Like, she'd been cutting loose on the road since, like, World War II. So even though, you know, her royal guests came from a place where women didn't have the right to drive at all, she showed that man, you know, what she and, like, a billion other women are clearly capable of, you know driving so i thought that was a really cool piece and uh and now you know about it too so you know r.i.p the queen all right well uh that's it for me today uh thank you all for tuning in i appreciate your continued support uh i will be seeing you hopefully in a couple of days or rather you'll be hearing from me in a couple of days uh, i love you mean it enjoy the outro